Hello. I brought a little robot friend here today, Mini Tento. Hey, Joanne. Hey, Lisa. How are you so in California? <laughs> I'm so happy to be out of the closet that they had me in. Oh. Robot coming out of the closet. Good afternoon, Berlin. <laughs> How many of you love your robots out loud? No one. Okay, well, if you don't yet, you will after this interview with inspirational roboticist Lisa Winter. Lisa, can you turn my face so I can see you, please? I don't have any... Uh, you don't have any leg power right now? There. Okay, you can see me? I can see you. Wonderful. Okay, great. So tell us all how you first started in robotics? Well, I started in, uh, I first saw Robot Wars, sorry, we're getting some feedback. Um, in 1994, there was Robot Wars in San Francisco, California, and my dad would, went to the first competition, would bring back VHS tapes, and I would watch them, and I got real, I was just really impressed, and I thought it was a lot of fun. So I decided to make some drawings, and my parents looked at them and thought, well, this, this looks like a decent idea, so let's build it. And what was the first robot you ever built? Is, are we able to show them the slides? Yes, we are. <laughs> Great. I don't know if you can see the slides. Can you see them? Yes. Okay. So can you show the first, you, the first robot you ever built? Yeah, so here's a bunch of robots that I built. Um, the first one was Doughboy. And I don't know if you know the Pillsbury Doughboy, but uh, I, I sure liked him at that point. I was 10 years old, and I decided to make this metal box with a spinning lawnmower blade on top. And in order <laughs> to have a show... Um, what I, what I did was I put gloves and a hat on top of the robot, hiding the blade, so that I would come out into the arena, remove the costume, and everyone would be like, oh my god, there's a blade. Um, <laughs> and a lot of it was audience participation at that point. Um, so I would throw croissants into the audience to get them on my side. <laughs> how, old, how old were you at this point? I was 10 years old. And what was it like to compete with uh, Doughboy, your first uh, competition robot? I, I loved it. And this was a pretty efficient robot. Um, it was a lot of fun, and there was a small group of people at that time. It was really a hobby for everyone. Um, it was the second year, or the, maybe the third year, that Robot Wars was ever around. Um, so it wasn't that big, and this was really made from stuff from the hardware store. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, it was, it was made from joy, and uh, even though I, I was destroying robots with it. And once you caught the robot fighting Wars Bug, and speaking of ladies and bug, how did you get from Doughboy to Tentamushi? Um, yes, yeah, so I'm just going to play this video. Here, here we go. Um, so behind us, we're going to see a little, some clips of me putting together Tentamushi. 
Um, this was my next robot that I built when I was about 14, and it's made from a ladybug sandbox. Um, so you're right, I definitely caught the bug there. Um, <laughs> basically, I was looking for um, some other form of robot to create, um, and went through the aisles of hardware stores, went through Toys R Us, saw this ladybug shell, and thought that would be a really cool robot. Um, and the thing is, it's really light and big and indestructible because it's made for like four-year-olds. Um, so the plastic, the, the concept of this robot is that the lid opens up, closes down, and covers the entire opponent, and then I have a spinning blade inside. So, yeah. Um, do, you, do you have a video? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so this, this is Robot Wars in the UK. I was invited out there. Um, there's me going against hard cheese. <laughs> so I just... <laughs> oh, so my little antenna is going to cut off. But, but the thing about this is that it's a sandbox, and a lot of it's plastic, but the stuff that doesn't matter is plastic. So it could get completely folded in half and bounce back because it's made for toddlers. It was amazing. <laughs> I had the privilege of meeting Lisa at Comedy Central's BattleBots, where I was a judge, and he was this... 14-year-old prodigy <laughs> who just killed everyone else in the ring. Is there audio for this Jay Leno spot? Um, no, I think we have the audio off, but basically it's okay. just a short clip of um, me being interviewed by Jay Leno before he unfortunately went off the air. And there's, there's Tento right there. Um, we this did a little fight the in the behind the scenes, uh, behind their um, behind their studios. We did a little fight. <laughs> and this was one of the most popular TV shows in America. Yeah. So quickly, so when you, um, you know, it's interesting that you right right from the start you gave your robots unique character. Were you were you influenced by science fiction? Yeah. So growing up, I was very much into. Um, Star Trek and Data. Um, <laughs> yes, applaud for Data. He's amazing. Yay, Data! Uh, <laughs> and I call him a he, but I guess um, he is a cyborg or a robot, um, depending on people's definition. Um, but yeah, I grew up on Star Wars, Star Trek. Um, you know, Star Trek is just great. It's, it's the most advanced society out there, and everything should be perfect. Um, so why not love it? <laughs> and how did you relate to data? In other words, with, I mean, did you relate to data the way, I mean, and did you think of robots or androids would be logical, or is that how you perceive them from yeah, science with, fiction? Yeah, with data, uh-oh, I think um, Joanne is, is restarting. <laughs> uh, oh, I hear you. Good. So, uh, yeah, for Data, I just, I really related to his sense of being very functional. Um, he doesn't have emotions, and he's very, um, he's very thoughtful in terms of, well, this must happen, and we must save the ship, so let's, let's do this. Um, and I, I very much related in my own personal life to that opinion. So I guess I relate more to robots than humans, you may say. <laughs> 
And can you describe um, this, your form and function philosophy, you know, your personal philosophy on designing robots, form and function? Right, yeah, form versus function is, um, is a huge thing when making combat robots, or any robot, really. Um, as you can see with any of the robots I've built, um, do I have, yeah, so here's a whole bunch of robots I've built. Um, you know, for combat, you really want ones that are going to be effective, have a spinning blade or a flipper, and kill the other robot within three minutes. Um, but that's not my entire, uh, you know, I, I want something to have a character. I want something to be fun and maybe relatable or um, friendly, attract young girls to it. Um, so, you know, I make stuff with faces on it. I make ladybugs and cute things that are deadly. Can you tell us about your journey of how you got from combat robots to what you're currently doing for Mattel? Well, I try yeah. to log on here. <laughs> so I think we have a slide. Um, so really, the robots were a hobby, and um, for my job, I started doing rapid prototyping. Uh, the robotics really sort of played into like teaching me how to project manage, how to do something when you're given a very strict deadline, and you must show up with a working robot. Um, so that really helped me in my career, and I started to work at Sproutling, developing a wearable baby monitor. And um, we got acquired by Mattel about a year and a half ago, and the largest toy company in the world, but I'm developing tech for them. Um, and so it's the wearable baby monitor under Fisher-Price, and we should be launching this year. That's great. Uh, what do you think that you'll be working on 20 years from now? <sighs> 20, 20 years is such a long time, Joanne. Um, You've already been working in robotics for 20 years. I know, right? I'm really old. It's, <laughs> um, I feel like sort of the motto of my life is I just take the fun things when I, can, when I find them, when, when they come towards me. Um, you know, I was called up to speak at Republica, and I said, yeah, that sounds fun. Let me, let me do it. Um, so I just want to take every fun opportunity. Um, I also have a real passion for uh, saving the world. <laughs> Yay. Um, and I think we have a, yeah, we have a slide. So I, I would really like to work in animal prosthetics um, just because I do a lot of 3D modeling, 3D printing, and I love helping animals. Um, and I think there's not enough work done with them right now. Um, they're re really uncomfortable. People are using, like you could see, like a pencil and some Lego wheels. Um, so I, I would like to do scanning and make some uh, very useful prosthetics for animals. That's awesome. And what advice do you have for people who are entering the field of robotics? Yeah, I mean, so I started when I was 10. So, you know, I, I feel like there's a low bar <laughs> for starting in robotics. Um, and I, I've started a YouTube series recently where I, I teach how to build a robot. And it's pretty simple, so I really, I just want everyone to do it. Um, it's, there's basically a power source and speed control, and you send your signal via transmitter, and, and that power gets sent uh, into your motors, so, you know, Maybe it does sound a little technical, but if you watch this video, I hope it becomes way easier, because I really think anyone can do it. 
And um, so you do your passion like all the time, nights and weekends. How did you get to where, like, like with Mattel, for example? How did you, how do you get from one robot project to another? Right like, toward your career. Um, it sort of it follows my plan not to have a plan, um, which is. Uh-huh building robots and doing this stuff every night and every weekend using this passion has really got me the job because um, people see the robot as the resume. So I've never actually had to show a resume. Um, They just go to YouTube or watch ABC and they see my robot working and they know I did it every night and weekend um, and they know I have passion. Yeah, robots as a resume, R-A-A-R. So of all the robots you've built, which one do you love the most and why? Um, well, I guess it's sort of like children. You can't really love one more than the other. <laughs> um, you're not supposed to anyways. I mean, I like Mini right. Tento. I don't know if you could see, but I brought Mini Tento with me. Um, Maybe I can just have her say hi. So Mini Tento is um, is a small version of Mega Tento. As you can see, the lid raises and closes. And that's sort of the capturing technique. Um, so I built this one. It's, it's really cute. It has a clear shell. Um, I'm thinking of putting LEDs in it. So it's more of an art piece. Um, I guess this would be my favorite right now. Oh, that's, that's great. And of your long, illustrious career, 20 years, most of your life, what is the proudest moment of your career? The proudest moment? Yes. Uh, it's probably still yet to come. I don't... Oh, that's so, that's so exciting. <laughs> and so what are some of your thoughts on what's happening in the world with robotics today and, and what aspect are you most excited about? Um, well, I've been, a lot of people are talking about AGI and, um, and AI, so uh, there's a lot of robots right now with AI. Uh, I haven't really been dab- dabbling in that. Um, and then everyone is scared of AGI, which is um, artificial general intelligence, where really that's, that's what, where we have to be afraid of. That's when the robots take over and are smarter than us. Um, <laughs> You, know, you really I, think they're going to take over? Do I think that? I mean, I mean, people feared computers decades ago, right? When right. 2001 Space Odyssey, computers are going to take over, and now we have this codependency of the whole world of computers, but they haven't right. taken over us. You really think that, that that's a natural thing to think about, that robots could take over with the AGI? Well, I don't want to be proven wrong, but I strongly think that robots are not going to kill us all. Uh. <laughs> and, well, that's that's good. I, I think I the media, uh, like uh, watching movies, we're right? we're so afraid that they're going to kill us all. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> well, I have to do. I have to do is unplug them, like me. <laughs> I have no more connection, apparently. So, what do you think uh, people should do to, to? I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you? Think the media and, and people should respond to this these, this fear about robots taking over the world, and you're designing robots that'll hopefully save humanity or save parts of the world. So, right. so how do you how do you what do you recommend as a roboticist for this perception? <laughs> 
I mean, if you're actually afraid, you should definitely be on the side of the robot. Um, be nice to them. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> then I wouldn't have a practice as a robotic psychiatrist, but that would be a, a, great, a great thing, to be nice to them. Okay, and... Um, Actually, Joanne, um, I think there was a request for some Q&A. Would you great. be okay with that? Absolutely. I can't see, so I'm going to leave it to someone to give you the Q&A. Okay. <laughs> was, um, yeah, would anyone like to ask a question? You can just shout it or come on up. Yeah, do you have... Oh, uh, this gentleman has a microphone. Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Um, hi, my name is Jetz. I uh, was hoping last year you would come, but you c couldn't make it, so I'm very glad you are here in this year. Thank you for coming. And um, you, you told you brought a mini Tento, and I would like to know more about your experience <laughs> bringing this thing through customs. Yes. <laughs> uh, very good question. Um, so I had to pack her very well. I got a Pelican Air case. They did totally destroy. Um, when I opened it, everything was a mess. And somehow my radio control got entirely reprogrammed. So I've been working in the hotel room about that. Um, and they took some batteries out, etc. cetera. But, um, but yeah, not too bad. <laughs> Thank you. I can hear you. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, well, yeah, I have a question to you, Jan, because yes. uh, you haven't said anything about what you do. You have a really, mm. well, attention-grabbing oh, title sorry. of being the world's first robotic psychiatrist. Yes, yes, yes. So I'm Joanne Pransky, the world's first robotic psychiatrist, and I build myself that older than Lisa 31 years ago as a way to prepare the world for the human-robot relationship. That's the, the basis of my mission in life. It's, in, it's saying that one day when robots... Oh, here we are. Hi again. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and one day when robots are as intelligent, uh, perhaps with AGI, and they're living and working with humans on a daily basis, I have... Sorry, I had ringing in my ears. I have human firstly said that they will need some therapy to deal with us humans, but it's a way to get the world to think about some of the psychological and ethical and moral issues of, of living and being with humans every day. And that's a little bit about what I do. Can someone repeat that question for me? I can't hear too well. Thank you. Uh, what this work come down, comes down to in the world that we don't have AGI yet and robots don't need therapy and stuff? Well, it's actually like a pet or a child. Okay, so it, it's the parents and it's the owners that need the therapy. So um, 
<laughs> so it's not really the robots I'm really concerned about. Um, my my real concern is on the human operating system and not the robot operating system. So it's Haas. It's the humans. Uh, understanding other humans and being able to accept this technology. So what I've tried to do for the past 30 years is to bring robots onto the big screen. I've consulted for Ender's Game. As I mentioned, I was a judge for BattleBots. Um, and I've engrossed myself in the robotics industry, but my real effort is to bring complete international awareness to robotics so that awareness leads to acceptance. Thank you. Yeah, sure. Thank you. I think we have time for one more. Hey, Lisa, since, uh, since we're all friends here, um, can you maybe tell us what you're planning for the Hope for <laughs> next season of BattleBots? Uh-oh. Um, we are friends, but... <laughs> dot 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 um, there, there has been no green light yet we don't know anything about season 3 unfortunately but I also hear that Robot Wars in the UK is doing something that you know maybe we can be involved in um, there's a lot of opportunities so you're not talking Okay. Maybe I can get a telehug. At what point, Lisa, do you think I'll have senses to be able to feel a telehug before I go? What was that, Joanne? I said, could I get a telehug? And at what point in the future would I be able to actually feel <laughs> getting a hug and feeling with some uh, senses? I've actually made a hug robot before. <laughs> there you go. Well, with that, love you robots out loud. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you, Joanne. It was great to talk with you. Great to see you.